Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. again on speed street welcome back another week another week we inch closer to the start of racing season to the start of the indycar season uh joey molinero connor daly uh what's up brother another week remote how you doing yes sir we're uh we're, we're podcasting from tulsa oklahoma this time uh been a long week out here at the chili bowl uh, but it's been a lot of fun we had practice on monday uh, we're obviously recording this on a thursday uh, which means I race tomorrow night. Uh, my my prelim night, uh, as they call it, is tomorrow night, and then all the uh, the main events are run on Saturday. So, uh, so yeah, it's been interesting. It's uh, they have a casino here, which is exciting, uh, but and and some interesting uh, you know interesting places. I, I actually don't know much about Tul- Tulsa, Oklahoma, other than the Chili Bowls here, and it's a great crowd every night. Uh, this event is by far one of the coolest in America. I do suggest that you go at some point in your life. Uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. So hopefully, hopefully it keeps getting better as we go. Yeah, dude, there's, I mean, there's some heavy, heavy hitters out there. You got yourself, uh, Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott. Um, I mean, you, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson. I mean, this is, this is big time out there in Oklahoma, man. You got to love it. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, honestly, this racing is great to watch. It's, it's some of the best racing I think that there is. Um, and this track is, you know, it's small, but it's, it's set up in a way to where there's a ton of people that can watch it. Great grandstand set up. It's like basically inside of a convention center, um, with, you know, uh, thousands of people watching. So it's sold out pretty much every night, which is incredible. Um, I think, I think we're going to get Alex Rossi, James Hinchcliffe and Colton Herta to come here on Saturday and watch the race. That should be interesting. Uh, I don't know if they've been to this event before, so should be interesting to see fish out of water here at the uh, at the Chili Bowl for 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 them. Love to think about old Rossi and his Gucci shoes walking around uh, ah. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and something called the Chili Bowl. He just seems, you know, hmm, you know, high high nosing everybody, but that'd be great. I did find out whether they do sell chili here, and they do. 
there is a chili stand. You, apparently, it's called there, – there's, there's this wild dish that you can get called, like, chili bowl – chili bowls something that, and it's just basically like a you put everything in there it's like chili it's vegetables it's meats it's whatever whatever you want and it's basically like a mashup and it they do have dedicated chili stands so that is a question that has been answered thankfully good and now it's even more tempting for me to come out there next year because i mean quite literally i could eat chili for every not every meal but every day i could have one run of chili every single day so hey you mix chili, racing, some pals, I'm in. Yes, they, they also do chili pies, apparently, they, where they put the chili in the Frito bags, which is a walking taco sort of like awesome. thing. Oh, but they, yeah. they, they call it a chili pie here, I think. And it's I, I, I might have got the names wrong. I almost took a picture and sent it to you, but I thought that would have been weird uh, standing in line. But, um, but yeah, interesting Interesting concessions here. Very wide, diverse range of concessions. You've got everything from ham and, hot ham and cheese sandwiches yeah. to chili pies to, you know, Dippin' Dots ice cream. So there's there's pretty much anything you could ever desire here. I respect it. Hey, still the ice cream of the future. Dippin' Dots right there, you know? It's my favorite ice cream of all time. We're in 2022, and um, they, they have not claimed it yet, but they the future – they are the ice cream of the future, man. So you gotta gotta love that. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That sounds like a hell of a time. Um, how things? How how are how are other things looking for you? I know we've talked a few uh, weeks ago, a few times. We've kind of been like, hey, we had those meetings in Vegas. They went well. Looking ahead to twenty twenty two and beyond. Can we get any update on that? How's that looking? You know what? I like giving our podcast listeners uh, an inside look at everything. Obviously, because if they're if you're taking the time to listen to this, we appreciate it. We we obviously can't wait for racing season to start here soon and obviously we're at a racing event now which is uh you know which is a positive but uh yeah everything is going the right way thankfully it's it's um it's been a nerve-wracking uh week it's been a you know we we thought things were going to be done uh earlier than they were uh we thought but as usual you know things take time doing business with folks uh you know it takes a lot of you know you got to check a lot of boxes um, but, uh, I do think we are coming out the other end on the right way. Um, and you know, for those who listen to this podcast, you know, that I think there's, uh, you know, a lot of great things happening. So those dedicated listeners can continue to, uh, keep your fingers crossed, but I think, I think we're going, we're trundling down the right path to, uh, to maybe being employed again, which is nice. Hell yeah, man. Love that. Any idea? I mean, I know I asked a couple weeks ago, but is it, you know, do we have a, kind of a, a, a spectrum of when we can expect something, some, some concrete news, a tweet, a statement, anything? Well, we're hoping we, we, we've been trying to keep this tight to the chest. Uh, I've really only ever talked about it on the podcast, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be soon. So, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, I think housekeeping is also trying to get into my room. So we'll see what happens when they try to do this. The old Tommy boy scene. Yeah. That just, uh, <laughs> Tell them you're good on towels. You don't need any. Um, yep. I was at the Oakmont last weekend. I forgot to text you. Yeah. Uh, I was meaning to text you about it. And that was my first time being there in like a social, because me and my wife have gone there for lunch one time and it was fine. But that was my first time being there Saturday night, crowd popping. Oh, yeah. You know, good, good, good vibes going. And uh, it was it was great, man. Um, the Oakmont Indie, it was, it was fantastic. I got... The barbecue uh, pulled pork nachos. Nice. Wow. Solid. Very, very good, man. They, they really did them right. It was like 
a full platter and one of those were like you you barely could eat them with your with just your hands like it was like a fork type of meal you know you had to chop those things up because they were all decorated with all the ins and outs of the nachos and all the good deliciousness that goes on top of them and they're huge nachos but uh yeah i know we talk about the oakmont a lot and i was there with a group of pals and uh having some beverages and having some nachos and it was phenomenal so love that man maybe that could be our first our first podcast sponsor and 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 with that let me tell uh, the home 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 housekeeping people to come back one moment please okay yeah we'll pause this thing here this is great this is the, the 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 beauty of recording on the road Connor currently is in his hotel suite right now. Now I'm doing play-by-play. Looks like a pretty nice little setup. One of those that has like kind of the apartment feel. Like it looks like that could be an apartment, you know, like a studio apartment. This is you. very much like a condo type room. Yeah, there's a little kitchen here. A microwave. Uh, the Homewood Suites here. The Homewood Suites here in Tulsa. Very exciting. Very exciting spot here. I got my I love fridge. It's, it's great. And hey, now, man. you know, we're perfectly sorted out for the day. They're going to come back later. If the Oakmont, um, you know, want to throw in some sponsor, that's great. But it could also be, that's a perfect venue for like a live show, I think. Oh. Me and you doing a live show, maybe during the month of May at the Oakmont. That would be, that would be real nice. That'd be killer. I think I, I think we should be doing a live show at some point, without a doubt, at a racetrack coming up this season. Um, I think we could get some good fan response. We should get some good interaction from our listeners. Uh, see if that's something they'd be interested in, because I think it'd be a lot of fun. Get, get, get some live Q and A's, get some stuff going on there. Uh, I know our friends at uh, off track with Finch and Rossi have done that before, which is a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm down. I, I think we get the people involved to get some, get some stuff going and then see what happens. But Joey, I want to know what's going on with you next. Obviously we saw your tweet. I retweeted it because we wanted we want the people to know, Joey is is uh, is moving on into new things in life. No more Barstool Sports. Uh, what is what is? Are you happy about that? Are you excited? What's next? What are you thinking? Are you going to run some sort of media empire? Are you going to be a part of uh, some sort of wildly popular television program that we don't know about yet? I mean, what's what's going on? Man, yeah, um, I appreciate you retweeting that. It's been a uh, it's been a wild twenty four to thirty six hours. Um, and a wide, wide range of emotions. Um, so basically what happened um, was a week ago, I had a call uh, with some of the higher ups at Barstool um, and my two year contract was coming to an end. And, you know, it was, it was basically, you know, just kind of a mutual split up. They were like, hey, um, don't think we're gonna renew. And I was like, yeah, that's that's fine. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm, you know, I, I, I was kind of wanting to, you know, delve into some new ventures and try some new things myself. So, um, you know, they just, you know, helped make the decision for me and which was fine. And, um, you know, so, so from that point on, I was sitting on it, uh, for, you know, a little over a week. And then on the Dave Portnoy show, um, at the end of every show that he does, him and Eddie kind of, you know, go with the, in the, in the inner workings of what's going on at Barstool and, Eddie asked about, uh, you know, contract renewals and, and, and Dave said, um, you know, yeah, it's looking, looking like, um, kind of a, a mutual split with, with us and, and Joey Molinaro. And, um, you know, he, he was, he was complimentative and, and, and he made some good points. You know, he, he was like, it's really hard to be isolated and on an Island, uh, with us. And, and that's, that's what I've been, you know, that's what I've been for, for two years. Um, and, you know, I think, 
a lot of different factors played into me not continuing to be with Barstool. I, I think, uh, you know, my first day on the job being quite literally the day that the world shut down uh, <laughs> for a pandemic, um, you know, and, and, and the, the side effects that followed uh, not only through the end of 2020, but then, you know, I, I, as a man who has a family here and roots here, I'm like, okay, am I going to uplift everything and go to New York for a year while there's still a pandemic going on? Am I going to be back there? There's just a lot of questions. Um, and so we, we made a decision not, not to, not to go out there. Um, and so I think in a different, in a different life in a different, you know, uh, reality or, or whatever, uh, different timing, um, you know, maybe the circumstances would have worked out to where we, we would have ended up moving out there and, um, you know, I would have been in the office every day and would have made things easier to, to be more successful and be in the, in the scene more, um, with Barstool, but Hey man, that's, that's life. And, uh, that's what happens is, you know, timing makes up for a lot of it. And, um, you know, just, it just wasn't the right fit at the right time, you know, and I had two yeah. really fun, adventurous, exciting years there um, where I tried new things and met new people and got to, you know, call Big Cat and PFT and Caleb and all these people that I've known for so long, known of for so long and watched for so long and listened to for so long. I got to call them coworkers and friends and, and um, you know, being a kid from Indianapolis who, it, you know, it's just all surreal, you know, and, and it still is. And I told my wife last night, I was like, it's, it's overwhelmingly emotionally because it feels like I just started with them and now I'm already saying goodbye. Um, but I think it works out for both parties. And, you know, Dave said no hard feelings on our end on his show. And then likewise, you know, no, no hard feelings on my end. Again, that's that sometimes in life, uh, the, the, the timing and the placing just doesn't work out at the right time. And I think that's a perfect example of, of, uh, you know, my time with Barstool. So, um, uh, very appreciative of, the opportunity and very thankful that Erica and Dave gave me the chance and, and, and for the relationships that I made there. I know I've got friends for a long time uh, who I can rely on from, from that company and you know, they're going to be fine. And, and I think I'm going to be fine. So uh, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to uh, you know, see what's next to, you know, kind of play the field, right. Uh, be, be yeah. a free agent, um, test, test the waters, test the open market, uh, you know, continue doing this show and, and growing this show with you. Cause I think we got, um, you know, something, something really cool here and something that people enjoy that can continue to grow and, and get better. And, um, so doing that and, 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 you know, who knows what's going to come next. I'm, I'm, you know, doing some inner workings and, and, and trying to figure some things out here. Um, but I'm excited. And I think that that'd be the, the two general takeaways is just thankful for the, for the experience over the last two years and then excited for what's to come. So, uh, that, that. that's the news and, uh, yeah, dude, I'm ready to, I'm ready to rock. That's great, man. I mean, I tell you what, I, I think 2022 is an exciting, exciting year for us both. Uh, and I mean, I, man, I respect the heck out of those, everyone at Barcelona. We obviously both have a lot of friends there and I, I, I met Dave this year at the, at the, or last year at the Indy 500 and, I really, I, I love what he does. Obviously, I think he's created an incredible empire, and those guys they do great, they they do great stuff. But I mean, as you said, yeah, it's 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 sometimes things, you know. I think having to move to New York for sure is a tough one for for you know for anyone, especially coming from Indianapolis. But, um, but yeah, what a what a cool what a cool thing to be able to say that you did work with those guys. You know what I mean? Got to be a part of that crew um, because I mean, I look, I I I've frequent 
their posts every day. You know what I mean? Like that's part of the, the everyday scene is, is what is, you know, what is going on at Barstool. So that was really cool. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think it's going to be exciting for us. I think there's a lot of, a lot of cool stuff to be done. Um, and for sure you've got, you know, you're going to have with, with the following that you've built for sure. There's a lot of cool stuff that, uh, you know, that could come from that. So I think there's the possibilities are endless as they say. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I like to think so. And, you know, I, I, once I made the, once I tweeted out the announcement or whatever, you know, we want to call it with the statement. Um, you know, I, I just, again, I, I tweeted out and I put it on Instagram, the clown's prayer, you know, that, that, that to me, that's what it's all about. And you know, that that's the, uh, the purpose that I follow no matter what company I work for, no matter who is paying my bills, no matter what's going on, as long as I look at it and I say, Hey, I'm, um, you know, letting people unforget the pleasantness in their lives and I'm bringing some joy. And, 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 and if I'm doing that, no matter where it is, no matter who it's for, uh, that, that's what I center, recenter myself to, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I hope, you know, the listeners and the followers of mine and, and the followers of the show and everything just know that, that, that truly is, you know, what I aim to do and what's important, the most important to me and will continue to be the most important to me, even post bar stools. So, um, yeah, dude, like you said, 2020, it's wild, man. It's a, it's a year of, of, of transition so far. You know, you, you got some things on the horizon for you, uh, some new stuff on the horizon for me, you know, even our buddy Hinch, right? Uh, you know, he, he, he's hopping in the broadcast booth and it's, and it's a year of kind of new things and transition for him. So, but again, it's, uh, you know, I think when I was younger, and this probably goes for a lot of people. And when you're younger, a change like that can be scary and, and it can kind of throw you for a loop and get you out of whack. Um, but as you get older, you kind of just start to, to realize and embrace. And I think any, anybody who wants to be successful has to embrace that, you know, the old saying of change is just inevitable, bro. And, you know, change is going to happen and it's how you react to that and how you come out of that. And so if you embrace the change and you, instead of saying, man, this is scary, this sucks, I don't know what's going to happen. You say, this is exciting. This is great. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see what happens here. I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to attack it. Um, I think that's key, man. So I'm glad that, that we're all doing that kind of together, you know? Absolutely, man. I think there's, yeah. yeah I mean, you, you bring up a lot of great points and there's a lot of new stuff for a lot of people this year, I think for sure in particular. Um, and I'm pumped about it. I think it's going to be great. I think there's also, you know, a lot of, <laughs> I mean, we're still essentially coming, it feels like coming out of a pandemic sort of, and I, I certainly have hoped that that's kind of the case. And we hope that, you know, this year is finally back to the full Indy 500, you know what I mean? Not just the sure. semi, semi Indy 500 with sort of a limited fan base, you know what I mean? Give me the snake uh, pit. Get us back uh, to the pit. Get us back to the snake pit because it's 2022. It's time to let the dogs eat. You know what I mean? And, it's, and that's that's what we got to do. But yeah, man, we did see, however, all the the IndyCar television times released. I think there was a lot of interesting conversation about that because what, what, what were your initial thoughts? So I I think we obviously the, a few initial comments I saw were there a lot of a lot of early races, right? A lot of early windows. Yep. Um, but we also got to remember that this year there are more network NBC races than there than there has been in a long time. And when we try to fight for the network NBC stuff, we got to be prepared to maybe adjust our schedules a little bit. You know what I mean? They've got to put on a lot of other big events. They've got to be a part of a lot of other sports, a lot of other stuff. Um, so I, you know, my first initial thought is it, it sucks to not have, you know, 
as many night races, right? Like I think there's, there might be one night race, maybe even, I mean, I don't even know if it's, there's there, one. There's a six o'clock start time um, in uh, St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah. So St. Louis, that's the classic night race, which is great. But like Texas should be a night race. Like Iowa should a thousand percent be a night race. And I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, sad about that. I certainly am because Iowa is, it's, it's absolutely hotter than the pits of hell in, in when, in, in, in the daytime when we're racing there. So, you know, that's always tough, but again, yeah, that's a, that's a July 23rd race there. Yeah. It's like 23rd be and 24th and the latest you're starting is 4 PM. So yeah, that's the sun's beating right down on you. Yeah. We're going to be sweating our nips off. It's going to be a tough scene out there, but you know what? It's as long as it looks good on network television, then I'm sure everyone will survive. The ice bass will be in serious use there. The uh, IVs and trying to make sure our bodies don't implode uh, at Iowa will be, will be massively important. We should lose the weight, you know? Oh, yeah, it's, it'll be that weekend, that's for sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the one thing is we got to remember this, that this, this year is, is really important for us because we got a lot of network races and we got to make sure that TV ratings are strong. We got to make sure that people are watching and it's always easier to find if it's on network television and, you know, NBCSN is actually gone now, you know what I mean? So we're going to have, you know, races on USA network, which is fine. Cause again, every hotel you've ever been to in your life has USA network. So USA is a very popular channel. It's always got great shows like Law and Order on it. So I assume that Dude, people are gonna, you know, be able to watch it easy enough. You're so right about hotels and you. Why am I always watching USA Network in a hotel? Like it's incredible. It, it never, it never fails. You're so right. It's like I, I find myself, and here we are, and I'm watching like John Q with Denzel Washington on USA Network for some reason. Yep. Yeah, like so, NCIS Los Angeles or something is <laughs> on. You know what I mean? There's there's some sort of show that you're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to watch this on yeah. USA. And now and it's going Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they're putting more sports on there is great because obviously it's under one roof, you know, with the NBC family. And uh, and we've also got a race that's purely on streaming, on a, on a streaming platform with Peacock this year. So that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, what the numbers like that are. I mean, what, who, who is actually going to want to, you know, to, to get that streaming service set up to watch. I mean, I, you know, I have Peacock. I think Peacock's been a great, you know, a great part of IndyCar. Obviously if you have it, you get a lot of in-depth IndyCar coverage, which is really, really cool. Um, and, and I mean, sadly, that's kind of where we're at in the world right now. It's like, if you want cool stuff, like you're going to have to pay a subscription service for it. You know what I mean? Like, if you want Netflix, well, it's not free. You know what I mean? And if you want Amazon Prime, all that stuff, it's not for, like you got to, you're going to have to have this stuff if you want to be entertained at a higher level. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and it's, you know, the, the Peacock race is Toronto, which Toronto is a great street race. You know, a lot of people, we haven't raced there in years because obviously Canada has been extremely shut down for what seems like a century. So, we're, you know, we're going to go back there and I can't wait to be back in Toronto. Love Toronto. And, and it's going to be a streaming service race, which should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd go 
as far as to say that, I mean, if you, if you like racing, especially IndyCar racing, I mean, Peacock, you just have to have it. Like you, you just have to work it into the budget somehow. Um, you know, because it's just, I mean, like the entire month of May, for example, right. Like I, I just have that on, you know, I just have that on and it's running, you know, there, there's not really any commercials, right. They just leave it there, uh, throughout practice and everything. I mean, uh, it, 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 it's a, it's a must have, I'd say if you're, if you're an IndyCar fan. Um, now when you, when you're talking about these times for these races and they're earlier, that's a trade off that you're willing to make, right? Because they're on network TV, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's just, that's the play, right? Like it's a little bit tougher on the team. It's a little bit tougher on us sometimes to, you know, to adjust to that. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, more eyes means more money means more everything for our sponsors. And, you know, I don't care if we have to race at 8 a.m., honestly, but if you can guarantee 10 million people are watching, I'll race at 8 a.m., 4 a.m., 6 p.m., whatever it is, you know what I mean? So um, we got to get the audience. We got to get people engaged. Our, our biggest downfall of the series right now is the fact that no one watches. So we got to we got to make sure that we're out in front of people every weekend on a consistent fashion. The fact that we have so many races on network, not kind of flipping flopping between NBC and NBCSN, um, you know, is really good. So I think that's that, you know, our major goal, I think for this year as IndyCar needs to be massive TV ratings boost. It has to be pump the TV ratings. Roger's got to get to work on figuring out, Hey, how do we make people fully aware that we are, an incredible form of motorsport and that we are participating on Saturdays, Sundays, whenever we're racing and we got to get it in front of people. So the drivers have to do their job too. We got to be entertaining. We got to provide yeah. something that we want to watch, which again has been a fight that we've been, you know, pushing for a long time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's super, super important to, you know, to be on network television and to have a consistent schedule on network television as well. Definitely. I mean, and, and I mean, you look back to 2021, you know, the, the three biggest races in terms of viewership and ratings, Indy 500, obviously noon start time, uh, uh, big TV, right? Um, mid Ohio noon start time, 4th of July network TV, uh, music city, grand Prix, new event, bridge, new city network TV, right? Huge. Yeah. I mean, and promoter, promoter did a great job. Like you promote an event, a lot of people come, a lot of people watch because it's exciting. Imagine that. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think automatically, you know, as you look through the schedule here, the, the, the three components of those races or the components of those races that had the three biggest viewerships, we're all getting that. And basically every race this year, you know, I mean, so let's just, I, I have it in front of me. We'll go through it. Um, obviously February 27th, start of the, start of the season, Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, noon start NBC. Um, then you take almost a month, almost a month off a month, not off, but a month break between races, go down, uh, to Texas motor speedway, March 20th, 1230 start time. Like you alluded to usually a, a night race down there, 1230 start time NBC. Then you go to Grand Prix of Long, Bre Long Beach, April 10th, 3 p.m. start, NBC. Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama, May 1st, starting off the month of May down there, 12.30, NBC. Then, of course, we come to Indy for the Grand Prix. Both those are going to be on NBC, May 14th, 3 p.m. start. Uh, and then the Indy 500, obviously, we all know about that. 
Last year, you had that two-week break in between the 500 and then going to Detroit. That's not happening this year. Right after the 500, head up to Detroit, June 5th, 3 p.m. start time. That one's on USA. Then you go to Road America the next week, of course, 12.30 start on NBC. Uh, a few weeks off between races before you head to mid-Ohio for the 4th of July weekend, July 3rd, NBC, noon start again. Like you said, Connor, Honda, Indy, Toronto, going back up to Toronto uh, for the street uh, race up there, July 17th, 3 p.m., that's on Peacock. Back to Iowa for the first time in a few years, July 23rd and 24th, 4 p.m., 3 p.m., both of those are on NBC. And then we come back to Indy, July 30th, with the double, um, the dual action with NASCAR, NBC, 12 p.m. start time there for the road, or yeah, for the road course. Uh, then the next week, head down to Nashville for the second annual Big Machine at Music City Grand Prix, August 7th. That's a 3 p.m. start time, whereas last year, I believe it was a 5 p.m. or 6 p.m.? It was super late, I think. I don't know. It was kind of I – don't, I don't think it was that late of a start time, but it was definitely late afternoon because it almost seemed like it was going to be a night race at the end. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was like, holy cow, if there's another – you know, we were going to have problems here. Uh, uh, week break before you go out to St. Louis, August 20th. That's the latest start time. That's at 6 o'clock on USA. Uh, and then the final two races, Grand Prix of Portland, September 4th. That's an NBC start time at 3. And then the Grand Prix of Monterey, uh, Monterey, excuse me, um, September 11th, 3 p.m. on NBC. So, a lot of uh, NBC, a lot of the the big-time Peacock, uh, you know, the actual mascot Peacock, which is great to see. Um, and that's 2022, man. So Yeah, and I think, I think what the most – like the most exciting part about that, listening to it as well, is the fact that, you know, there is some consistency to start out the season, right? It, it – now, my own personal opinion, we need 20 races or 22 races even because to have, you know, one race per month is tough for people to follow consistently, yeah. you know, right at the beginning of the year. You know, I understand, you know, why we're starting in February and then we only have, you know, the, a certain amount of races. But I just, you know, if, if we had, you know, two races in March, two races in April, you know what I mean? I think that would just be such a better, you know, such a better flow for sure. Uh, because then we have five races in July, you know what I mean? So like all of a sudden everyone's, you know, jumping in heavy in July. Right. So there's right. a lot going on. And, uh, but, I, but again, the, the start times are pretty consistent at the start of the season. We're on NBC all the way through the 500, which again, huge, basically every race up until the 500 is going to be a preamble to the 500. You know what I mean? Everything is going right. to be hey. Don't forget to turn into NBC, you know, Memorial Day weekend, and, and, and that's great. So hopefully we can build an audience from Network NBC for the first four races to our, you know, Super Bowl, obviously, Memorial Day weekend. So there's a lot of good stuff there. And after having you, you know, you say it as well, there's a lot of NBC stuff. And that's, you know, the Network NBC stuff is going to be most important for us. Uh, the early start times are going to be sucky, but, uh, you know, we're still going to put on a great show. And IndyCar is still going to be able to do, you know, the best with what we can. And, and uh, again, it doesn't matter if it's 4 a.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 a.m., whatever it is, you know, we're going to go racing no matter what, and we're going to try to put on the best show that we can. See, I, I, I love the early start times because that just means more time to party afterwards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, 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 when CD or Rossi or, or Herda or one of these guys or, you know, Marco for the whoever, when, you, when he, one of you guys brings it home, then uh, it's time for old Uncle Joey to, to, to put them down and uh, to have a good time celebrating the uh, checkered flag for you guys. So I'm all about it. Oh, Uncle Joey with a couple Bud Lattes coming in hot here. <laughs> That's right, brother. That is absolutely right. Um, 
Yeah, that I, that did throw me. Um, for like with with a Texas Motor Speedway, I was kind of like looking at it. I was like, "What is that?" Because I'm not used to it being a daytime race. I feel like right. It's usually I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was last year, but I think you know when I grew up, I loved seeing Texas at night. Like that was what I always kind of expected Texas to be a night race, and so right. right. Yeah, it, you know, it's a bit of a shame, but um, you know, it is what it is. I'm, and Texas is one of our, you know, I, I think one of our most exciting races. I wish it was more exciting. I wish we could figure that track out a little bit. I wish we had more downforce. Wish they didn't apply that weird substance to the track to uh, you know try to make the NASCAR race better. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so the old Juan Pablo Montoya is coming back again for the 500 in the uh, yes, indeed. Grand Prix. Yes, indeed. Well, I, I, I was really, honestly, I was a little surprised that McLaren went with Juan Pablo again. I mean, I think he's obviously a legend, one of the most talented drivers to ever live. Even my dad, my dad even tweeted the other day that he thinks that Juan Pablo is the fastest driver he's ever seen. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's not untrue. Um, but yeah, I mean, Juan Pablo is still doing a ton of racing. I mean, he's doing a ton of sports car stuff, Rolex 24, Le Mans. He's racing with his kid now in sports cars, which I'm sure is like a really cool experience as well. Um, but I mean, heck, if the guy can still do it, he can still do it. And I, I mean, it's a little surprising to me, to be honest, that that's, you know, that's what they're going for because that's, you know, on the other end, they've got two of the young, you know, young studs in IndyCar, right? Um, and they, you know, they tested Nico Hulkenberg. They're kind of, you know, they, they've got the most power in IndyCar right now and the most money. So I feel like that's, you know, that's a team that can do whatever they want. And the fact that they, that they trust Juan with that is, is awesome because again, he brings a lot of electricity to the sport. The guy's extremely talented. I like Juan a lot. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a no BS type of guy. He'll tell you what he thinks right to your face. And that's, that's awesome. Um, and you know, he was pretty honest with me at one point. I'll never forget Juan coming up to me. I was after one of the 500s. I think it was 2017. Maybe he came up to me. He's like, man, you're really fast. You just have to slow it down a little bit. Just, just be patient, be patient. That's all you have to do. Like you're really fast. You just have to be patient. I was like, you know, I, I appreciate that, man. I thank you. Like, I, I get it. That's one thing I've been working on is patience for sure. So he's, uh, he was really cool. And, and, um, and I always respected that, uh, out of him and, and, you know, what well, good for him. I mean, we're, this Indy 500 field is going to be stacked this year, like absolutely stacked. Be awesome, man. I, God, like, it's like I, every time we record each week, you know, I, I I hop off and I upload the show. And I'm like, all right, yeah, it's a good show. And then I go about my business. And then we get back in the in the studio or record the next week. And then I just get all these juices in me, just fired up, thinking about how close we are to racing again. And just nothing like a race weekend, bro. Nothing like it, you know. It's true. And I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't know what people think about these, uh, you know, the Zoom episodes. I love the studio. But uh, while we're on the road, I definitely feel like we can record things on the road and keep it, you know, keep it going, which is really, really cool. But even, you know, even even recording on a Wednesday in the studio, for sure, in between races is going to be great, because there's going to be a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. We're going to have to get some people involved. I'd actually even like to get I'd like to get some like engineers and like team principals in on, in on the show as well to kind of get a bit of their perspective on stuff as well. A lot of people like to talk to the drivers and stuff like that, but I think there's, there's a, a really interesting, you know, side to get, get team principals involved and, and, and see what happens. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a little, maybe that's a little too far for people, but, uh, but I, I'd be excited. Education, to get man. 
that'd be some some high education for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely down. Like getting the coach in, you know what I mean? Like we had, like let's get the Georgia coach in and 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 ask him how he destroyed, dismantled Alabama. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm down for any of that. I- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saw that uh, your boy Milo, he got a, um, I think he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> I did not. Someone tweeted about that. Our, our boy Drew Powell, he, uh, he tweeted about that. And I, I, uh, I actually, we had, I had a Zoom call with Milo like last week about trying to talk to about, about the upcoming season and see what's going on. That guy is, uh, is an incredible dude. And I, I would actually like to have him on the podcast at some point too. I think he'd be, he'd be an incredible guest to have. I just, you know, it's hard to ask people like that to be on the show. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, he's obviously ridiculously famous, wildly famous. And, but he's also been one of like the most supportive people I've ever met over the last like year and a half. But uh, I would love to get him on the show and see what we can uh, see what we can pick his brain with about motorsport, about his career. And, and, and yeah, I mean, now he's got a star on the walk of fame. Yeah, that was super cool, man. Uh, deservedly so. I mean, he's been around forever. We've talked about it. You know, let's try to do that. That's why we're doing these Zoom ones. You know, shoot my little old text. Just be like, hey, me and my boy, we've been doing this thing for quite a while now, and we're growing it, and we would love to have you on. Big fan, obviously. So Yeah, we'll just burn a quick 15, 20 in there and just see what happens. Just get him, get him locked in. Get him, get him. Because, again, he's a guy who loves racing, and I think people don't – People don't know that side of him as much as they do, like This Is Us or any other film that he's been in, The Art of Racing in the Rain, whatever it is, you know? Still haven't watched that, by the way. I need, I need you to. You got to watch it, bro. Get the wife to sit down, you and her, nice little couple's night, maybe get a couple cocktails, broom, whatever it is, but be prepared to cry your eyes out. So that, that it's, it's honestly an emotional ride, and I think you, you got to watch it. I will. Rise a notorious crier. She gave me a thumbs up over there. I'm also an emotional man myself. I, I don't know, I'm not afraid to say me that. Me too. I love a good cry at a movie. I tell you what, I don't seem like it, but man, give me an emotional freaking roller coaster and I'm ready to ride. Yeah, exactly, man. All right. So how are you feeling about, um, I mean, this will be out by the time uh, that people are listening to it. You'll be, you'll be racing. How, how are you feeling about uh, your upcoming weekend at the Chili Bowl? Do we wrap up here? Any predictions, well, any thoughts? I don't know, man. I, I think the, we had practice Monday and, and this is, these are like, there's, there's 395 drivers here for this event. Like Good it's, Lord. it's, it's absurd. And so I, you know, I, I just, I, your, your qualifying night, your preliminary night is really, really important for how you line up on Saturday. And so I just basically want to try to just do better than last time. Like it, it's not going to be that hard. Like I didn't, I didn't, do you know it, it, there's no practice like we have one hot lap session tomorrow before we get in which is like four or five laps maybe of practice and you're straight into racing and it's kind of a random draw for grid spots um and so it you know it's going to be tough it depends on the tr- what the track condition is i felt confident this week though i've been watching i've been studying i've been every night i've been watching the races i've been seeing what's going on um and i and i and i feel good like i feel like all right i i, I just want to get out there and do it 
but it's again, it's, it's me getting my brain to communicate to my feet what to do properly because again, it's a very backward system for me compared to what I grew up racing for the last 20 years. You know what I mean? So it's, it's still a challenge. You know, this is, I haven't even got to 10 midget races in my life yet. How so? Uh, how is how is it how is it different for for people like me? Like what what what's you know? Because to me, I'm like, well, you're 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 turning left and you're trying to be first. But how how is it different for your brain to your feet and everything else? Well, realistically, you're not turning left. You're turning right a lot because you're you're counter steering most of the way around. I mean, it's it's a really you know you're driving sideways. You're driving off the right rear. You're driving uh, you know at a, at a, in on a track condition that is changing every single time you run every single lap you run like if you think about it, us on the pavement right where yeah. you know we we see what's on the pavement it doesn't change unless it's wet or it gets really hot you know what i mean like the weather can change it a little bit like we get that you know what i mean and, and tires can fall off a little bit but you know this this track could be you know, entirely different from when you go out for practice, when it's a little bit muddier, a little bit wetter, and then it dries off, then it's completely slick. It's like a completely different surface. So, you know, there's, there's so many different things you have to use, you know, whether that's brake and throttle at the same time, you know, there's, there's, how do you set the car? You turn in with throttle on to keep it, you know, at a certain angle, you know, there, there's certain things that for, for us in, in, in pavement race cars, you know, you get off the brake, you hit the gas and you turn and then you get on the gas, right? In the midget, it's kind of a little bit of everything the same. Like you're turning, you, you want to keep some throttle on, but also a little bit of brake to keep it, you know, to keep it pinned down and settled. So there's there's just there's a wildly different amount of things. And then do you run the top? Do you run the bottom? You know, the bottom of the track can be faster sometimes, and then the top can be, uh, you know, more throttle and and a bigger, you know, it's obviously a longer way around, but you can carry more speed up there. So you know, there's there's a ton of different things that you just have to learn. And again, it all happens so fast. You're, you're never out on track for more than like five minutes at a time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's something that happens so fast. The laps are 10 seconds, you know, 11 seconds. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just something totally, totally different. And I, you know, it's, it's definitely not what I grew up doing, but these guys race 50, 60, a hundred times a year. Um, so they're out there slinging it all, you know, all the time. <laughs> so do you think that this that does a form of racing like this, help you when it comes to IndyCar? I mean, does it translate at all? Does it, you know, have any sort of, you know, training to where it makes you feel better in an IndyCar or, or no? Well, I was actually, I was, I was talking to every time I talk to some people, they're like, Hey, what do you think of this? And I'm like, honestly, like, if you look at it, like I I've actually like over the last few years, without a doubt, ovals have been my best races for sure. And ever since I started racing midgets, I have, got better on ovals. Like I've, I've continued to, you know, after my first couple of dirt races, you know, we were on pole at Iowa, we were doing well at gateway all the time. Like I, it was, you know, it's something that has, I think improved my, um, you know, driving style at ovals, car control, whatever it is. Um, and I was talking to a, a former crew chief last night in IndyCar. It was Thomas Schechter's crew chief, Sam Hornis Jr.'s crew chief at, at Penske, uh, Davey Jones, I believe his name was. And, and he was saying, you know, I, I always told my guys that like, if you really want to figure out how to control a car for an oval, you know, you got to go to the dirt, you got to race in dirt. Mm. And I mean, to be fair, I, I don't think he's wrong. I think there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit different now, but uh, I, I can't, I can certainly say it's not hurting me. You know, I'm definitely not developing bad habits when it comes to oval racing. If anything, you know, if anything, my package is getting stronger because of, you know, diversifying my portfolio, you know what I mean? Making sure that my brain is, brain is doing a lot of different things. 
It's all about diversifying to, to strengthen that package, man. Everybody loves <laughs> a good, strong package. Got to have that good, strong package and make sure you can deliver on race day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Well, uh, do you have a random Mini 500 driver of the week for us? I do. Yes. I've been, uh, I've been studying the internet here. Nice. Um, I went to the, uh, the 1986 Indy 500. Uh, we went in and I've been trying to look through this field. There's a lot of familiar names. This is an era of IndyCar that I think is, I mean, you can almost know every single person in this field, which is, you know, which is incredible. I mean, we look at names like, Tom Sneva, Mario Andretti, Scott Brayton, Tony Bettenhausen, Johnny Parsons, George, AJ Foyt, Al Unser, Chip Ganassi was in this one, Jock Villeneuve. I mean, literally three quarters, uh, if not 90% of this field has done something and you know them, you know what I mean? And I like, and that's, that's like, what an incredible era of IndyCar racing. However, I think there's, I don't even know who, who I want to go with here. I was thinking about, okay, let's go with, Let's go with uh, our pal Phil Kruger here. Phil Kruger finished 31st in the 1986 Indianapolis 500. And I, Phil Kruger is a name that I don't know. I, would, I, don't, I don't know Phil. I will use the internet to find out who Phil is. Kruger, or you what a will. cool name, man. You could play on all the, all the Freddy Kruger type of thing. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could really – Yeah, old Phil Kruger. For, uh, for some marketing there. So Phil Kruger – Born June 22, 1951 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Raced nine seasons with 23 career starts, including the 86 and 88 Indy 500. There you go. Finished in the top 10 three times with the best finish of fifth position in 1988 at Michigan, it says. It just says Michigan. All right. Um, so Indy 500 results. Here we go. 81, practice crash. 82, practice crash. 83, 83 through 85, he failed to qualify. 86, Oof. the one that you mentioned here, he started 24th, finished 31st. But old Philly Crew uh, came back in 88, started 15th, got himself a top 10 finish, finished 8th. There's our boy Phil. In 1988, finished 8th in that Indy 500. See, now we're learning things. I did not know that about Phil, but I'm glad I do now. God dang, man, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I see the whole starting grid here. Rick Mears was the uh, pole sitter there. I mean, can you imagine, like, that field is just, I mean, it is stacked. I mean, literally, that, that 1986 field is outstanding. You had both I Michael. That, that's also the one year that my father failed to qualify for the 8500 as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which I'm not surprised because if you look at that field, you're like, okay, it's stacked. <laughs> Absolutely. You got both the Andretti's, Michael starting third on the outside, and Mario uh, back in the, the 10th row. Um, yeah, Ari Leyendijk. Emerson Fittipaldi. Um, Probably a lot of names that you don't know as well that I – I mean, but I, most I, of them I do. And that's, you know, I mean, so that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And then, and then uh, our, our boy Graham Rahal's pops, uh, the mustache, Bobby Rahal, he brought it home. Yeah, big balls Bob. Got it locked in there. And that was the one – I love this logo. It's one of my favorite Indy 500 logos, the shop. Speaking of the shop, thank you to the shop yes. for always uh, hooking us up with our logo, Shop Indy. Can't wait to see what they come up with um, again for this this month of May and this year. Uh, I'm having deep conversations with them about merch currently because we got to get things, you know, got to get things going, got to get some merch going, and I'm I'm excited oh, yeah. to see what they can come up with. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful one, though. It's um, it's a classic look, the red, white, and blue, um, the 70th, 70th Indy 500 right there. And that's the one that was rained out on Memorial Day weekend, and they rescheduled it for the following Saturday, May 31st. Um, so they ran it on Saturday, the week after Memorial Day weekend. And like you said, Bobby Rahal came home with the checkered flag, drank the milk. Love it. There you go. All right, bro. Um, good stuff. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thank and you. The Chili Bowl. Bring it home. Be safe. Thank you. I, and, and hopefully next week we can get back into a studio. I know next week is uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff going on because next week is the IndyCar content and media day collection for all the drivers to come to Indianapolis, oh. do our little media activity stuff. Um, so there'll be a lot to talk about. A lot of people in town. Maybe we'll get a, maybe we'll get a driver to come in the studio. Who knows? Maybe we'll That'd get some, great. you know, get Scotty McLaughlin or something to come in a big stranger of the, of the Indianapolis streets. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and see what happens. Old Scotty. Yeah. He reached out to me yesterday about the news and he just said, good for you, mate. And I said, <laughs> got it. So there you go. Shout out to him. But yeah, dude, that sounds great. Um, you get back to Indy and we'll make that happen. Uh, again, reminder for everybody that we are on Spotify. We are on Apple podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. I know those are two of the, the, the main ones. So be sure to give us a follow, hit the subscribe button, like us, leave us a rating, leave us a review. So more people continue to hop on speed street and, and live here with us and, and have some fun each and every week. Tell us what you like, tell us some stuff you want to hear or see uh, big stuff coming up this year uh, racing season is just right around the corner i know uh, hopefully connor's got some great news hopefully coming soon fingers crossed on that and then uh, yeah we'll continue to grow this each and every week so uh, until next time folks talk to you on speed street